guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Oxford Holy Club coming at you on whatever day you're listening to this podcast. I'm, shoot, I moved it. There I go. I moved it and I forgot that I moved it earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking he's taking his jolly good time with this intro. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man. And the bald eagle. And, and, it's, and it's me, it's Matthew. I'm oh. back again. <laughs> Hello, Matthew. Guess who's back? Back again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Matthew's back. <laughs> Tell your friends. Just, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you, you may or may not remember Matthew Barber from last week's episode. And if you do remember, you might be asking, why is he back? Well, uh, because you know what? We enjoyed having him on the show. We're old friends, and it just seemed to go really well, at least from uh. our perspective. Um, but... If you don't know who Matthew is, and Matt, I hope I hope I can say this. Uh, we just talked about it before hitting record and, and going into the episode. I, I, I have AKA'd myself as Beard Man, and Lucas has donned the moniker of um, Bald Eagle. But was assigned. But but Matt actually embodies both characteristics of Lucas and I. Um, you know, it's all party on the chin and b- business above the eyebrows. I have a very, very full, luscious beard, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, much like my back, and oh. um, la- lacking on the uh, scalpel area, mm-hmm. it, your dorsal section. If you could, if you could imagine the beard that normally goes up and around, you know, up to the ears, it it kind of loops up and over the ears and runs back down the back of the neck, straight <laughs> into the back. Yeah, kind of like those cool guys that have the sunglass straps. Yes, yes, that's exactly yeah. right. As though your beard gets its strength from your back. Yeah. And it's just it. an extension of your back. Oh, that's disgusting. Yep. Uh, Lucas, help. You're not feeling so well tonight, hey? Uh, no, I'm a little bit on the uh, sick end of the spectrum. I, I've had a few interesting run-ins at school. Be, at least four people came up to me and said, that was you on the announcements this morning. Uh, one grade one kid was sent to my office, but then he was fighting the teacher. He didn't want to go. And he's like, Mr. Candy's not in there. Someone else is in there. <laughs> yeah. You can hear me talking. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and I, although I did have, Wait. I did have a weird moment where I was teaching a grade 12 class and one of the international students looks up at me and goes, you sound nice today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm, I have a question about the kid that was supposed to go to your office and didn't yeah. recognize you by sight. Do you have no, some? No, he, he couldn't see me. He hadn't gone up to the door yet. He could just hear some James Earl Jones from my office. I was imagining like a confessional in like a Catholic church where the kid <laughs> goes on one side and you're on the other. I had a little screen. Yeah. What did you do this time, <laughs> Jimmy? Uh, well, Matt, how are you doing? Lucas is sick. I'm doing good, man. I uh, Yeah, I, I'm doing good. Had a great day today. Feeling good, top of the world. Hey, that's top of the world. That's good. I had that day once. <laughs> that day will sick, that, before that, the sickness descended upon me. That, that day will come again. Oh yes, Lucas, hit us up with that hypothetical. All right, this hypothetical is: suppose you wake up inhabiting Bruce Jing, bleh, Bruce Springsteen's body. That's a famous uh, rock and roll person for you younger folks out there. So you wake up in this rock star's body. Your voice sounds just like his but your musical ability is entirely your own. Uh, so you're scheduled to perform a huge concert that night. What do you do? I kill it. I'm good to go. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I know. I know at least like ten percent of his discography. So I mean, I could I could pump out a solid twenty to twenty five minutes of Bruce Springsteen, and and honestly, I would. I know that he's like a sixty some year old man. I would still trade my thirty some year old body for his. I absolutely would. I'm not gonna lie. I get Bruce Springsteen and Brian Adams confused an awful lot. Uh, I actually thought about interjecting summer of 69 into the podcast and then oh, some been so embarrassing it would yeah, have been I'll tell you what though here's two things I'll speak to both of those artists Brian Adams I went to his concert like a few months ago when he was in Moncton wow but I I went very begrudgingly I was just like oh I don't want to go see all this old dude honestly one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my life like you're just he's one of those guys that when you're there you begin to realize I know every one of his songs. Mm-hmm, like yeah. it's just kind of one of those guys. Like like April Wine. They're another band like that. Yep. Where yep. you get listen and you're just like, oh, they play that. Oh, and that. And uh, Bruce Springsteen, in my opinion, he did the second best Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Absolute best of all. Which time. one was the best, Katy Perry? Yeah, no. Although Left Shark was pretty cool. Uh, no. Uh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking like uh, the 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 best. You can't touch it. Uh, was when you two. I knew you were going you two. Oh man, and it wasn't even. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan, of course. But it was right after. It was right after the World Trade Centers, and uh, and there, it was such a passionate moment where I'm not American or anything like that. Neither uh, are they. But. What? Neither, neither are they. Oh, yeah. Okay, neither yeah, she- that's right. Um, but when they're singing, I, I believe it was Streets with, no, Streets with No Name, and he whips open the side of his jacket, and there's an American flag stitch inside of it. Yeah. Oh, man, what a cool moment. Like, it was just... Anyway, that was number one. Springsteen, number two. Um, after that, not a fan, but honestly, Beyonce did a great job... Uh, yeah, oh. I'd put her at number three, even though she probably worships the devil. It was pretty. It was a good show. <laughs> was was that this last Super Bowl? No, this last Super Bowl. Oh, was, was that terrible. what's his name with all the all the tattoos and stuff? Uh, well, that's Adam most Levine. Of, Look, Adam oh, Levine? that's who it was. Yeah, it was Maroon that five. It was, yeah. Gentlemen, one guy from we're we're, five. we're, we're, yeah. we're stepping into the grounds of liability here. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not fair use anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, All right. So you guys got to answer that question. You've got to hold on. I got to give some it? kind of legal jargon here. Uh, Oxford Holy Club, in no way is affiliated with the NFL Super Bowl. Any LLC. of the artists, yeah, LLC. Any of the artists previously mentioned, um, and they're not a sponsor of the or associated with us in any way. And our opinions are our own. Um, it clearly, Matt is a part of the Beehive, uh, and that's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> I have heard actually really good things about her new Netflix special, though. Oh my soul! <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Uh, yes, yeah, so I would. I, people wouldn't even know it wasn't Bruce. They would. Just oh. Think, oh, they would just think, oh, it's Bruce, and and it, it's a really short set, but uh, born to run, baby, and that would be it. But yes, I would take his body over mine in an instant. I had to go through Spotify and go through his list because I was looking for Summer of 69. And when I didn't find it, I realized after... Couldn't find it anywhere. After a quick, after a quick something search uh, that it was, in fact, Brian Adams. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh, shoot. Glory Days. Remember Glory Days? Glory, glory Days. days. Oh, yeah, Careful, careful. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't, can't, can't go too long. Seconds. seconds, and we got to pay him a rent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a ransom. ransom. <laughs> We're holding glory him. days for hostage. <laughs> you cannot sing this song. Yeah. We have your song <laughs> and your yeah. body. That's funny. Uh, okay. I mean, Matt, you and I have played music together and we've done, I wouldn't say huge concerts, but we've, you know, we've done musical prep and and we've done okay and we've gone out. So the the concert thing doesn't scare me. And I, he plays guitar live, right? hundred people, hundred thousand, same, same thing, right? Same thing. Um, I, most of his music seems fairly straightforward and simple guitar wise from what I can gather. So I think I'm Okay. Straight up, though, only maybe no glory days, and that is about it. No, you would know, you would know, Born to Run, um, you would know, Born in the USA. Oh, yeah, uh, you would know, I think I know that one. I'd have to look at the list. See, that's my 20 minute set right there, those three songs <laughs> really yeah. stretch them out. Yeah, but. yeah, I would, I would pull the old worship, uh, worship leader thing and just keep repeating the chorus. Oh, oh I, yeah. until, I thought you meant you were just going to break into some worship songs and hope people were cool with it. Yeah. No, no. What you do is you like you play your song and you leave it kind of open-ended, and then you just turn your microphone out to the crowd yes. and let them sing it yes. over and over again. And you're just like, all right, job done. We're yeah. done here. What about yeah. you, Lucas? I'm, I'm interested to know what you would do in this situation. Someone with no musical skill whatsoever? I didn't uh, say. Uh, listen, well, hold, no, hold no, on, you, hold on. You didn't have to. I didn't say that. I may have thought that you may have correctly <laughs> assumed that's what I was thinking, and you may be right, but I didn't say it. Hundred percent right. Now, uh, two two factors here. Um, if I'm in his body forever, then I just say, yeah, I've decided to retire from music, keep all his money, and live out my life in you know, the lap of luxury. Uh, if it's a one night thing. I think I got to go with break my hand somehow so I can't play guitar, spend the day Googling the lyrics, and just sing them. Now, just I think rem- that's what I'd have to just do. Just remember, if you break that hand, he is, like Matt said earlier, he's, you know, 60 plus. Oh, he's super brittle. I could probably just like Well, my point is it's not going to heal somebody. up as quick as maybe well, you'd be used that's to. That's tomorrow's Bruce's problem, not my problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's that brittle. I mean, he's the boss. They call him the boss for a reason. That's fair. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, All right. I, I guess I'm going to have to put some real gumption into breaking that hand or just pretending to. You know what? I'll just pretend I broke the hand. I don't have to actually do it. I don't have to commit to the bit. No, you just unplug your guitar, <laughs> Lucas. That's all you do. And then you mash it, and it looks like you're doing it. There's so many other musicians and backtracks going uh, on. Nobody's going to miss your guitar. See, see, all these years, most people air guitar. I usually air drum or sometimes air guitar. <laughs> I don't even know how to pretend playing the guitar. Many so. times I remember driving in the car with you and you air keyboarding. <laughs> oh my, what does that look like? Part of the band. Exactly what you would expect. <laughs> Majestic and awesome. Uh, um, does does Bruce Springsteen in this uh, scenario still have the E Street Band backing him up? Um, uh, he does. Uh, not all the original members, though, because some of them have passed on to bigger yeah. and better things. No, well, if hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully on to glory. Not wood. Yeah, I guess th- like they could probably hold it. You know, they could probably hold their own, and they probably have been for some time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's why it's called Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. They were their own thing, mm-hmm. um, you know. Oh, before. really? And did you know that? Do you know who actually Lucas? You should know this as a keyboard fanatic. Do you know who the <laughs> who the piano player is for the E Street? It's going to be some Islander, isn't it? You're always telling no, those secret it's Islanders. A, it's it's a Canadian though. Oh um, yeah. 
Paul Schaefer, the old band leader from Letterman, from Late Night with David Letterman. No way. With my limited musical knowledge, I did know that. And I also know who sang Summer of 69, but I guess, you know. (laughs) Everyone everyone else listening to this podcast knows who sang Summer of 69. I would hope so. Yeah, Yeah. so do I. Brian Adams. Remember when Ryan Adams all of a sudden came out of nowhere and the world was confused? Don, he's great. Have you ever listened to much of his stuff? I haven't because I just, I took umbrage with the fact that his name was Ryan Adams. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's no, like, he's, he's good. You, he's, he's a great, he's actually an excellent writer, songwriter. You, you could songwriter. not, you could not ride the coattails of somebody else more than he is doing. How many people <laughs> by accident went to his shows and thought it was a, <laughs> just a typo? so cheap. <laughs> yeah, I've, right. I've had, I've had many people. Uh, message me and just be like, did I just hear Matthew Barber is doing a concert at the Capitol? Because there is there is a guy named Matthew Barber Matthew who spells Barber. his name different than I, I do. But uh, anyway, yeah, and clearly it's not me. You should always tell him, yeah, just sneak in the back door. I'll tell him to leave it open for you. It's no problem. There you go. <laughs> just rush the bouncer. It's fine. I experienced something last week uh, for the very first time I've ever experienced. And I can't wait to do it again. Uh, and it it was called... Sensory deprivation. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So I, <laughs> got, I just, went, <sighs> I went, and uh, I did this sensory deprivation tank. And so it was, it was a, it was the weirdest, but most relaxing experience I've ever had in my life. Just phenomenal. If I may. So for those that maybe aren't acclimated to it, were you going to go into defining kind of what it is, um, you know, about, sure. about how they're. Okay. Yeah. It's a oh. half water filled coffin. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, that's where you start. So here's what it and is. And there's salt. This... They're preserving you. Yes, exactly. So, so we could talk about that someday too, because again, I used to be a mortician. Uh, but anyway, <gasps> this is the, a uh... this is a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the uh, the what was I talking about? Sensory deprivation <laughs> tank. So, so here's what it is. Picture an egg, only it's large enough to hold. A six foot, three hundred and sixty pound man. All right, that's what you're looking at, and so it's it's this giant egg looking type thing, and in it, it's got two feet of water, and in that two feet of water, it's got about fifteen hundred pounds of Epsom salt mixed into it. Right, so you get into the tank, and the water is the exact temperature of your of your skin temperature. You pull the pod closed. And there's a little light in there, but you pull the pod closed and the air then becomes the exact same temperature as your skin. And you reach over and you turn out the light and you're laying back in this, in this water salt solution and you can't not float. Like it's just, you know, you've always, you've met that one person who's just like, oh, it doesn't matter how hard I try, I can't float. Like you float, <laughs> like it's just we've all we've all apparently got that one guy. I thought oh, you were gonna, yeah, I thought you were gonna say we all know that one guy who went to the Dead Sea that one that's time. That's right, I thought it was going. It. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Well, anyway, this is more more buoyant than the Dead Sea, and so you you lay back, and because the air and the water are the same temperature as your body, you don't feel anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it's hard to explain. You have to experience yeah. it. Like you because the air, your body, the water is the same. You're not touching anything because you're floating. Yeah, you don't feel anything. You're essentially but, hovering. Well, yeah, I guess. Like, but then the with the pod closed, there's no light whatsoever, mm. and your head is below the water, 
and like your ears are below the water. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's there's no sound. And so your senses are completely shut down. Like there's no there's nothing to sense and nothing to feel <laughs> because so that's why it's sensory deprivation. Right. And so anyway, I, I it was I was in there for an hour and it was oh, wow. the most it was probably the, well I have to it's hard because the one thing I've had a hard time explaining to people is that when you when you actually lose the function well you don't lose the function of your senses but when they're not being when they're not being used right. the the thing that I found the hardest was to keep track of time oh you for just sure. you lose it yeah your like, rhythm is off yeah and even at one point like even though I knew I was floating on my back. I genuinely lost my sense of up and down. Like oh, it was cool. It was, it was very interesting, right? And so I think it was about 20 minutes before I finally stopped trying to float and just let myself float. And then it was yeah. about another 10 minutes before I realized that I had my head tucked into my 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 chin tucked into my chest. So oh, I yeah. finally relaxed my head and put my head back and then at that there was some point in there I fell asleep. So I fell asleep in this giant tub of water, and and I I woke up I woke up when the jets started, kind of thing. And they said that's how they tell you your hours up. Oh, and okay. uh, anyway, I'll tell well, you. Oh my, uh, hold on. What like I'm I'm now I'm imagining you're in like this hot tub that you're floating in, and you went from total deprivation to all of a sudden there's jets of water shooting from everywhere. <laughs> So no, so it's yeah, it's a little no, no. It's a very slow, gradual, and there's like one jet that you just feel at the top of your head, and so you just yeah, that it's the yeah, that's the the jet starts, and I woke up. And the weird thing for me is this: is that like when I go to bed at night, when my hit head hits the pillow, I'm asleep. Like it's an instant thing. Yeah. And I, when I wake up in the next morning, I remember, <laughs> this might sound really weird. I remember falling asleep. Like, cause it's such an instant thing for me. But when I was in the tank, it was the first time in my life that I don't remember going to sleep. I only remember waking up and it was just a oh, crazy thing. Anyway, I could, I'm going back. I, I bought a membership. So I'm, I'm going. I loved it that much, but uh, I, I'll talk about it more another time because I know we got tons of stuff to go over. But I'll talk about it another time because I actually want to like talk about like the, the genuine benefits I see out of this, and and I'm even talking like in like my meditation, like my prayer and meditation life, like mm. and and the focus that you're able to have in there. Like I, even though I was in there an hour, I only experienced a snippet of it because I was. Spent the first part trying to get comfortable, and then the last part I was sound asleep. And so, but there was there was a, a, a brief time in there where I was hyper focused, and and just because there was no no distractions at all. So anyway, I want to talk more about that sometime. But let's keep this thing rolling. Ever uh, ever since I heard about them, I always thought they were cool. And I'm not a super adventurous person, but I would try one of those things out in a heartbeat. And agreed. When I knew you were in one, I couldn't wait to ask you questions about it. And one of them was, how do they get you out of it? Because I couldn't think of how they could get you out of it without being like going from total sensory deprivation, like popping the door open, like bright light, like ah, you know. But the yeah, jet, no. that's a really cool. I, I know idea. how. Do you guys yeah. you guys remember the Matrix? Oh yeah, in remember, the pod. Remember when he's in the pod and how when he gets up and then they come in the and he's down like way further into that this giant big pod. spider robot. That spider robot him. comes down and grabs Neo and pulls him up in his arms and his legs. That's how they get you out of the egg. It's just yeah, like that. Very very close. It was it was. I'm telling you, man. It was a super cool experience. Super cool. Experience. 
So guys, I pulled a question off of Reddit this time. There's different Reddit um, subreddit groups that I that I track and follow, and I saw this question pop up, and I'm wondering what we could do with this. And it may be nothing. We may be moving on, but the question is this: How many horsepower can a duck produce? The context here, they, they go on, they say, I mean, come on, saying a car is 250 horsepower is pretty boring because big numbers are obviously better. How many duck power is one horsepower? Okay, so two things on this. Uh, and then I'm, do- I'm just going to say these two things that I'm probably done with it. One, uh, 250 horsepower is impressive. Like picture, you can't picture 250 horses, right? Sure. So don't tell me that that's not impressive. The second thing is, is that it's no longer called horsepower when it's ducks. It's duck power. So <laughs> duck it's not power. even horsepower. It's duck power. So you're, you you're saying that this, the question in and of itself is, is it's a yeah. moot point. Essentially what I'm saying is I really don't have anything funny to say about it. So I'm just going <laughs> to hang on trash. the semantics. You're going to trash on it? I'm just going to hang on the semantics of the question. Well, I remember there's an old like Jerry Seinfeld bit where he said like, "Guess horsepower is kind of a stupid idea anyway." Back when like you had a car that could be was two horsepower, that was like a big deal. Now, like, why are we paying attention? He said that they were giving the horsepower of the shuttle, and it was like a trillion horsepower, or whatever. He's like, "We're not going to go back to horses. Like, why are we even <laughs> measuring with this anymore?" Uh, anyway, all I did was steal some other guy's joke, which is no better than Barber's no right, joke. And so. now I will now I will interject, and I I will say that. In the future, we will be back to horses. <laughs> All right, we That's are true. not. We are not as far off from a Mad Max world as you might think. Oh, I think we're like seventy-two hours of no services, and we all go bananas. It yeah, it's ridiculous how fast the world would go into chaos. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're apparently the Doomsday Clock. We're like at what twelve years or something like that. I you know I don't check that clock, but I do have a planned out map to the closest independent grocer. Uh, gentlemen, we didn't get to this one last time and I can't remember where this question came from, but this is just a conversation that we could potentially have here. The question is this, is competitive video gaming a sport? We guys, I'm not sure if you're paying attention, but all over the place, it, there's call of duty, you know, tournaments, not a sponsor. And, uh, what's what Fortnite? Fortnite's the big one right now. Fortnite. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what that other game is. Apex. Apex Legend. Yes. Yeah. Overwatch was a thing. Overwatch. Uh, yeah. Still is. Still is. Th- then there's like the strategy ones. Uh, I'm not sure, like StarCraft. I'm not sure if that Starcraft one's. Be a, that's, a, that's a golden oldie, but it's still out there. It's an evergreen. I guess like now when I look, there's almost as much buildup for these competitions and fans and like there's team jackets now and, and I, there might be some no, specialty no, they stretching. Wear, they wear jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> they wear jerseys. <laughs> and like all that sweat and moisture, you know, like there's, there's yeah. announcers for these things. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah. back in the day, Matt, when you and I were sitting playing Goldeneye, having someone over our shoulder announcing? It would have been, actually, that would have been kind of fun. I think ah, would have changed it up. Yeah. Okay. But, only because I, I, when you and I played Goldeneye, it was no fun for me. Because <laughs> or especially, me. Especially when we played Facility, because you knew wherever you killed me, you knew exactly where I was going to respawn. Every spawn. And you'd be waiting for okay. me. My only chance is if I respawned in the ventilation above the toilet, and then I just have to hang out there until <laughs> you got bored and left, because you couldn't come up while I was up there and you couldn't shoot me. Lucas, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to not keep you in. I forgot that I, <laughs> I, I brought that to university. 
Yeah, and I still remember you're all you're all excited. You're like, hey, you want to play some Goldeneye? And I was like, uh, it feels like I'm getting scammed here. It's like a pool shark. You're like, come on, let's just yeah. play a little game. I didn't have I didn't have so much, much fun had, shooting me in the head over and over again while I spawned. Yes, I, I had to establish that. my I had to establish dominance, and that's that Your is how I dominance. That that's how I established that. Well, I'm interested to hear what uh, Barbara has to say about this because he would be the least gamer of all of us. I agreed. Well, that's what you would think. Um, but, uh, see, now let me state this. I hate video games. Well, there we go. But, but <laughs> five go. years ago, my wife, out of nowhere, bought me a PlayStation for Christmas. And so I'm what you would call a streaky video game player. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, like, I play a lot of the sports games. And then I'll tell you, my two favorite series right now on the PlayStation, Far Cry, every time that comes out, I play it, beat it. Uh, and the other one is just cause really, really good. Uh, so, so Lucas, mind your P's and Q's, uh, <laughs> because, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not as, a, you're as more than liquid. just a barbecue man. You're yeah, so much I'm more. As, I'm, I'm very well-rounded in many ways, <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, the idea with this is you have to ask yourself a number of questions and it comes down to what is a sport ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, what's a sport. And so I honestly, I don't, I'm not going to pass judgment on whether it is or it isn't. All I'm going to say is that. When you're defining what a sport is, there has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. Agreed? Agreed. There has to be some type of skill needed, right? And I believe right. that that can be built in a video game. Uh, it's something well, that can be practiced. I believe that can happen in a video game. Yeah. It has to have a period of time, like a period um, like or a quarter or a, like a set time limit to it. There has to be scoring, right? Sure. Now, this is the part that may may be the showstopper, which may make it not um, a sport. But I believe that it, there has to be some type of physical exertion for that. So that's debatable, of course, but I mean, that's my, those are my points with no real, no real claim to stake. I uh, I was similar to you because I'm like, well, you know, there, there is competitiveness and there is skill, obviously. Like, there's definitely skill. Physical. When I looked up the definition, it says physical exertion is one of the first things it talks about. And there's not really much of that. I mean, you know, you might, you know, get carpal tunnel or something. But uh, now, well, here's the thing. If it is a sport, and then to me that still an is, I don't know. Sure. Um, uh, then NASCAR is a sport, which some people who people love NASCAR think it is a sport. I don't, not so sure. I hate uh, NASCAR, but I do <laughs> believe it absolutely is a sport. You do it a sport. Uh, what about dressage, where the dancing horses uh, competition? Absolutely, more than any, more than anything else you can talk about. <laughs> what about, about horses a lot today? What about Dutch Blitz? No, no, no. Did you know Dutch Blitz is actually my most hated game? Uh, I think every guy hates it once they get to the age where the girls beat them every single time because they're too fast. Yeah, they're too fast. Yeah. All right. So, Matt, I know that you don't want to give a definitive answer on this for fear of backlash from the community on either side of the of this issue. But Have do you, you ever seen gamer threads on Reddit? Those people are vicious, and I know they're listening. <laughs> okay, and yeah. So it's, no, I, it's, not, it's not that I don't want to give an answer. I just don't feel like I... I can't make up my mind, honestly. Okay. I, I feel like it's close. I feel like it's close. So that means it isn't. There. That's my thing. It's close, but it's not. It's just not So there. it's a game, which is why right. it's called a video game, not a video sport. Sure. Yeah. Boom. Done. Okay. Lucas, yeah. where are you, how, how are you landing uh, on this? I think I'm going to have to land on the same side of the fence there because, like, it has everything a sport has, like, 
camaraderie and skill and all that stuff, except for the physical aspect. And I think that's what separates the sports from the games. Sure. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. Uh-huh. What about VR games? <laughs> Man. Well, because then you like could if argue you're playing virtual badminton. Well, or remember, like to, I just bit my what tongue. What about the Wii? The Wii or the Connect when that was a thing. Things that get you active and up. Um, were you, so wow. You know the the line is blurred. I will I will admit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our not a sponsor portion of the show. The part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does well, if you're like me and you work with computers an awful lot, in fact, I work with them every day, uh, it is really nice to have extra screens. Now, I've got a laptop that I use, and as you know, with a laptop, you get kind of one screen. And I have a lot of different programs and tabs and different things that are open. And so it's nice when I can have an extra monitor uh, beside me that I can, you know, so I can get my workflow working for me. And I have found that monitors can be expensive. It's not always easy to pick up a monitor. And if you're like me, one monitor is not enough, but I don't have enough ports on my computer to add more monitors. And that is where Duet Display comes in. Now, Duet Display is an app for your iPad or iPhone. It's created by ex-Apple engineers that turn your iPad into an extra display. And it's available for Windows and Mac. And at Duet Display, they say space is a beautiful thing. Duet is the first app that allows you to use your iDevice as an extra display for your Mac or Windows device using the lightning or 30-pin cable. You know that we have an old iPad that's just kind of kicking around, and it doesn't get used very often. There's no more updates for it with Apple, and you know, you kind of wonder, what can I do with this? Well, you can turn this iPad into a display. Not only that, but a touch display. That's right. If you don't have a touchscreen on your laptop like normal, that's fine because Duet Display turns it into that. And if you've got a Mac, I see that the Macs that come out now have this new thing called the Touch Bar. I don't have a Mac, so I don't know what that means, but it seems cool. And now, if you don't have that on your Mac, you can add it with Duet Display. Duet is built, like I said, by ex-Apple engineers delivering a retina display at 60 frames per second with zero lag. Seriously. An additional display increases productivity by up to 48%. That's science, people. And like always, you can use touch display and interact with your computers in ways you never have before. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at helping me find that space in my workflow than Duet Display, not a sponsor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We're now going to go into our questions Christians can't answer. Uh, these were two questions that were right beside each other, and I felt that they kind of spoke to one another, so why do them separately? Let's hit them together. This is the question. Why would God need 122 quote-unquote constants to provide life on Earth? And then they go and they say, constants are precise scientific conditions in which, if altered slightly, like the Earth being just 1% closer to the sun, life on Earth would cease. The next question that I really think speaks to this is if God could create the universe by the wave of his hand or by the utterance of a command, why not make earth dependent on nothing to sustain life? So they're kind of asking why, if, you know, if God is so powerful and and all that, why did he make it so that, you know, there's these conditions that the earth operates the way it does? Um, So what do you guys think? Um, 
if someone walked up to you on the street and hit you with this, this would seem like a weird thing for a random person to hit you with, but it's out there. So what would you do? I've got some thoughts, but I'd like to give you guys the opportunity. To me, it's so weird that like, like it's, if, if anything was slightly different, we wouldn't even be here. Like what kind of God would do that? I'm like, well, that just shows that like a God made it, like he made it perfectly. So it all works together. Right. Like it's, you know, otherwise you just think that we're the one planet that won the lottery. Right. That, which, you know, that's what a lot of people thinks. But uh, to me, it, it, you know, it takes a lot more faith to believe that than it does to believe God made it. Yeah. No, it, what it does is that it, it, it just continuously time after time, like exponentially, it eliminates the possibility of it being chance. Like, right. And so it, it just continues to point back in really in everything, and it's, again, scriptural worship, every bit of it, is to point back <laughs> to glorify God. Look at mm-hmm. this. Imagine if we were one degree uh, t- tilted more to the north. Imagine, or to, to the west or whatever, I don't know. Uh, imagine we were up one percentage closer. You know what I mean, and the the beautiful thing about it is is that because i did some looking into like some of these constants that are are considered kind of thing in this and it's not just the it's not just like the mega things like this the earth and being this much closer but it's right down to molecular levels and the constants that are happening in that kind of stuff and so you're talking about the nuclear force constant uh you're talking about gravitational force you're talking about electromagnetic force you're talking about ratios of electrons to protons like stuff i don't even pretend to understand but again it points back to a creator every time kind of thing because it's again how many times over and over and over like lucas said can you hit the lottery and be able to have function. I mean, you just look at our own bodies, you know what I mean? And the way that that works in the fact that we can take on disease, you know what I mean? But then we have antibodies that fight that off, that are in us, naturally part of us. And there's just so many pieces to it that, again, and then I don't want this to come across belittling or anything at all, I struggle with the idea of not believing in... Mm a creator, like in a, in a higher power creator. Yeah. I would totally agree. I think so many people assume that we, we check, we turn our brains off when we start to believe in, you know, in something like God and all that. But when you look at all these different things, if, if a watchmaker created this intricate watch with gears and, and all this stuff like they used to do, and someone looked at that and found that watch you know, uh, you guys probably heard the analogy before. If if there was a person walking through the desert, never met anybody, never saw anybody before, and they come across a watch laying in the desert and they pick that up, what would that mean? Well, number one, it would mean that there must be a watchmaker, mm-hmm. right? So there has to be that. But then if they start looking, you know, more into that watch, it's not just this tiny piece of metal. There's all these intricate gears that make it work and, and all this timing, you know, that, that has to operate. And, and it... It shows intelligent design. And, and so for people to look at all those constants, the fact that those exist and that they're there, that we can observe them and see them and recognize that without them, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't exist. To me, and I think we're all saying the same thing, really speaks to intelligent design. And then people can, um, you know, whether you, whether you believe in the God of the Bible or some different thing, I, man... You know, the Bible talks about it. It's in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Like, look up, you know, and and just look at that. The other thing I think, too, is this. Why would God, because the second part of this question is, 
okay, so if God did it, and we believe that he did, um, why did he make it so that that it couldn't just go on its own? Was that how they worded their question? How did they word that question? I moved from my notes And it like didn't need any, uh, if God could create the universe by a wave of his hand or the utterance of a command, why not make the earth dependent on nothing to sustain life? Bear with me on this. This might this might sound weird, but because it's I don't know that that's in his nature. The reason I say that is this: uh, if you were to look in Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter one, it says this. Uh, I'm going to just read a couple of verses here. Chapter one, fifteen and following. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, the heaven and, and on earth, visible and invisible. So there's those you know constants and different things that we don't see, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. And in him, here's the here's the thing. Verse seventeen. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. To, to me, that says that. If without him, nothing holds together. It, and, you know, there's other scripture that say that it's it's by his very will that we even exist as people. And if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't. Um, so to me, it's, 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 I don't know if I can put that to his nature, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like just who God is, he is a sustainer. And, and so, of course, when he creates it's by his will that that anything exists and it's through him that all this stuff holds together. So why does why did he do it that way and not just you know the other thing I think is because he wanted to be active and engaged in it. Yeah, living God. Right. He did he just didn't want to be, you know, uh set this thing spinning like a top and then walk away from it and then have no interaction with it because that's not why he created it. And I mean, if it didn't take any work, well, one, you know, one, after the fall, we were kind of cursed with that. Like, you're going to have to work now. Like, that's part of the job. But also, like, there's there's a dignity in work, you know? Sure. Someone who sits around and never works, and even, even if they have enough money to, like, you know, get by to eat or whatever, it's not a great life. Like, if you just kind of sit around, like, I love my job. And I know not everybody does, but, like, I'm super excited to go in and, and do work and to make something of my life and the world, you know, and even though, even though I, I have to, like, if I want to make money and eat and do all this stuff, I have to work. Sure. But I, but I do like that I have the opportunity to do something I really enjoy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. I mean, I'm still looking over the list of the different constants and I mean, <laughs> and I don't understand half the language that's being used in it, but like as an example of it, the velocity of light. So the speed of light. Sure. Right. Sure. Yep. And, and it, this website gives actually a lot of really cool examples. So it's like, if light moved fasters, it, faster, sorry, stars would be too luminous for life support, and if it was too, if it was any slower, stars would be insufficiently luminous for life support. So like our sun. Right. So if the light, if 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 the speed of light was any faster, we'd burn up. But if right. it was any slower, we'd be in an ice age. Like it's just this that like even in the speed of light, something which, I mean, it obviously is measurable, but it's not something that we recognize day to day the same when it's talking about your neutrons protons all that kind of stuff yeah yeah we don't we never think about that stuff but it's all happening all the time at such a constant and and intentional rate or speed or function and i don't know how i don't know how you think that just happened 
from sludge. That's that's my yeah. And no. and people people think like all it takes is time, you know, with infinite time, with infinite time, then anything could happen, you know. But I mean, that's like saying you know if you throw a Lego set in the dryer and turn it on, you know, tumble, that it'll perfectly assemble itself if you give it enough time. Yeah. Like you know, and that's just and that's like crazy, but. The world is so much more complicated than a Lego set, right? And but they have no problem. They just oh yeah, there's enough time. As long as you have enough time, you can do anything. I, yeah. I, I think it's interesting yeah. because people will talk about the fact that entropy exists, that everything tends toward disorder and decay. That unless you inject a ton of energy into something, so for instance, uh, and we see I've seen this a lot, Matt, and well, I'm sure because we live in Atlantic Canada, you can drive down the down the back roads and see houses that no one's lived in, no one's touched for forever, and they're falling apart. Mm. Right, yeah. like the paints come off just just because of the sun hitting them and winds and and just those type of things. These houses are falling apart, and so unless you inject some energy into you know fixing it, that house will eventually be gone. And the fact that that we'll say, uh, well, you know, it just takes billions and billions of years to organize and and for all this to happen, and yet, so on one hand, we're saying that it in time it will create, but what mm. we observe is that there's entropy that things tend toward disorder. And, and so I, man, to me, and maybe, and I'm, I'm probably oversimplifying it and someone could, you know, probably refute what I just said, perhaps, but it seems more like I'm shutting my brain off for that one than to believe in an intelligent design or designer. Yep. I agree. Well, guys, this person from Yahoo answers is getting a horse for their daily commute. Seriously, another horse? Another horse. Another horse they're back. And you the, said they'd be back. My soul. And we haven't even touched on my expertise on horses yet. Oh, <laughs> well, it's probably more your brothers, but... Uh, yeah, you're right. So, so, so here it is. Let me just give it to you in all its glory. Uh, this comes from Yahoo Answers. It says, getting a horse for daily commute, exclamation mark. And then, so screw civics. I'm getting a horse. Runs on hay. Good for off-roading. Looks cool. Unique. No re- reliability issues. None. Zero. Anyway, you can play with it if you get bored. Great alternative to dogs. You can fertilize your garden free of cost. You can jump over cars in a traffic jam. And then they bracket with a little bit of training to our new buddy. Uh, And then uh, what are the other pros of a horse? These were all pros or cons. And then they just tossed this in. And I'm not sure how we get these points, but they said 10 points, exclamation mark. So I don't know. Okay, here's something I haven't thought about. If your Civic, and I'm air air bunnying that one, uh, breaks a leg, you don't have to shoot it in the head. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, They haven't thought about that. They have feeble little feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like they break legs all the time. I I don't know horses. We don't have to discourage this person. Maybe we're on board and just want to encourage. I'm just tossing it out there for everybody. Lucas, it seems like you're shooting horses left, right, and center, but (laughs) but that's fine. Uh, Did you know that actually where I live here uh, in Dieppe, right by us, they just opened up a meat market that actually serves horse meat. But yeah, there you go. have Have you barbecued it yet? I have not. No, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. Uh, but here's the thing. I feel like our friend here uh, has probably two things. One, never seen a real horse. <laughs> and two, yeah. has, has seen too many movies yeah. with horses in them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's parts of it there which I think are, are commendable. It's environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, cheaper potentially. Um, That's a tough it just depends if your car is a lemon or not. That's what you're coming up against. <laughs> like your horse. I mean, if you're going to be riding them daily, 
and if you're going to be, I'm assuming since he's jumping cars, they're going to be in the city. It costs a lot for a farrier, farrier which mm-hmm. is, you know, they put the shoes on the horse and there's a lot of upkeep to that. Mm-hmm. If you're in a city, there's probably going to be residential zoning issues about you even having this horse. Where do you buy hay in the city? Well, I mean, that's a part of the problem, right? I mean, uh, actually, in the city of Moncton here, you can go to the co-op farm store that's in the dead middle of the city in Collishaw and buy all the hay and straw you want. But anyway. Uh, the, uh, so this person there's, could there's, be in Moncton. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of pieces here, which I think the guy, I think he's on the right track. I really do. Yep. Um, but I think that should if he just goes ahead and gets this horse, I'm afraid the horse probably would die within three yeah, to five it's, it's like giving a five-year-old months. a hamster it's 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 yeah. gonna teach him lessons it's gonna teach him life lessons for sure yeah. uh but it's not gonna be great for the animal do you think maybe this person's just spent too much time on netflix watching heartland the, the only good thing about heartland is what brad there's one good part about heartland what is it i didn't know lucas you brought this to my attention if uh, i think it's in the early seasons the intro of the early seasons the horses are coming up over a hill and yep. one horse is trying to bite the other horse in the shot. Yes, it's my favorite part. I, when Melissa would watch it, I'd run out just to see the horse try to bite the other horse because it was hilarious. I've never and seen a single why. episode. It seems like this person has already made up their mind, right? It says, screw civics, I'm getting a horse. And then they, then they go to justify everything they're doing. I guess for me then, my answer is you don't need to justify this to anybody. You're your own person. Get your own horse. And good luck jumping cars. You can jump over cars in a traffic jam. Not just that's a that's a that's lot a of cars. Horse. It's a lot of cars. Yeah. No, no again, it's it's a lot of inexperience speaking there on his part. I think he's going to be. Well, no, I think no, he's no. Going to be no, Matt. greatly disappointed. I'm, so, I'm encouraging him to go ahead and do it. I just know he's going to be disappointed. He's got it covered because uh, he 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 put in brackets with a little bit of training to our new buddy. So he's he's. he's it's, but that's this is the thing. It's the it's not the horse. It's not the horse that needs the training. It's the guy. <laughs> it's the guy that needs like I'm telling yeah. you, three months, the horse is dead. Oh shoot. <laughs> I'll, That's pretty generous. I'll check back on Yahoo Answers in three months. Hey Google, remind me to check Yahoo Answers in three months. <laughs> uh, the Yahoo question. How do you get rid of a dead horse in the city? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Follow yeah. up. I have Ten a ton points. of hay for sale. <laughs> Yeah, gotta unload what, some hay what, cheap. He goes back to the co-op. Uh, what's your return <laughs> policy on hay? On straw. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, let's get out of here. Um, wondering if you guys would give us an app recommendation. Now, I think all three of us are using uh, Apple devices. And nope. n- get off this podcast. He's a Windows phone man. I listen. A uh, few years back, what's a Windows work- phone? <laughs> my, no, I don't have a Windows phone. I used to. Uh, the, uh, a few years back, uh, where I work, everything was Apple, but they made the transition when we networked right across the country onto uh, in, onto PCs and, and Android devices. And I got to be honest with you, I'll never go back to Apple. I've I've become so accustomed, and I love the customizability, if that's a word, of Android. Yep. I'm never switching back. Wow. Anytime I've switched, I've always enjoy, I always enjoy the new features, but there's always stuff I miss. For me, what it comes down to, which I'm, Android has to have a version of this, but it's AirDrop. I use AirDrop like ten times a day at least at work. And, See, the funny yeah. thing with it is that Android doesn't necessarily have anything, right. but 
brand-specific phones do. Like Samsung has their own oh, app. Okay. That from phone to phone, you can do it. Yeah. LG has one that you can do it. But There you go. I'm not a fan. Uh, but Matt, why don't you give us a recommendation for an app apparently on an Android device? Yes, uh, which actually there are much more options on Android device, devices for apps um, for that. I'm going to go, I'm going to give you actually, I'm going to give you three uh, app recommendations if uh, that's all right. That's fine. Uh, so one of them actually is a fantastic accountability software uh, that is for both Android and Apple devices, and it's called Custodio. It's Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. And it is a fantastic, it's, I mean, now, obviously, when you say accountability software, instantly you think, like, um, your, you know, your group of guys on their accountability, which it absolutely does function well for um, if you're trying to censor certain websites and that type of stuff. Uh, but it's actually was originally designed for your children, if they have smart devices, uh, where you can, you can track that device, mm-hmm. you can you can see every website, every text, every phone call, every you name it, and it's a free wow. service. It's it's nice. phenomenal, yeah, uh, really good stuff. You can block and this kind of stuff. You can set uh, time limits, so I can set it so that it's like the the that device is only allowed on the Facebook app or the Facebook website for two hours a day, or I can set it that the phone. Um, the phone can't use data between 9 p.m. and 7 a.m. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a phenomenal yeah. uh, thing. So if you are finding yourself in a position where you're mentoring mm-hmm. uh, uh, youth or men or women, whatever it is, and that they need some assistance with their uh, mobile devices, or it's, it's on computers, too. You can put it on computers, tablets, mobile devices. It's a fantastic resource. Nice. Uh, and then the other two are for the professionals, that if you are constantly scheduling people uh, and you work with like shift work type stuff, yeah. there's another app called Homebase, and it's phenomenal and it's free. And also, if you work as like a as like a manager of any type of sort, there's an app called Upkeep, uh, where you can place all kinds of different work orders and communication pieces. It's like Slack, only a little better in my opinion. So anyway, there's my recommendations. That's very cool, Matt. Thank you. I've already downloaded the Q Studio. Q Studio. Yeah, I don't know how you say it. Co Studio, Custodio. Uh, oh, anyway. I bet you it's Custodio. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, but I'm gonna put that on like our family devices. It's awesome. Which yep. is that's great. Um, mine is. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's for Android. I guess I didn't check that out, but it's called Guitar Toolkit for iOS. And it's just been a fantastic thing for helping me learn chords on the fly. If there's something that comes up in music I don't know, I can quickly check. Uh, it, you know, it's got a tuner and it's got tuners for all the different instruments, stringed instruments. Um, it's got you know metronome, different things like that, just to kind of help you develop as a musician. And I've really enjoyed it. I think th- there was a free version I paid to remove ads and to get a couple of different features that came with it. Uh, but it's been. I've had it on my device as long as I've had an Apple device. And my goodness, that's been over 10 years, I think, that I've been with Apple. So, so no, that not my, maybe 10 years. A really important question here. Yeah. Uh, it tunes many different instruments, you said? I tune can the it, instruments. It just helps me. But it's, it's a tuner, right? It's, yeah. Like it can work as that. Can it tune an air keyboard? No. I've never had a tune, baby. No. <laughs> Those things are also, all... 
And also, just so you don't, don't just so you don't feel like you're wasting money. If there's an app that I use quite frequently, I always pay to remove the ad. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Lucas, don't you dare do that. pretend that you do that. I do do that. Lucas, you Dave Ramsey wouldn't let you. <laughs> no, uh, although I, had, I I made a mistake because my my iTunes is currently connected to my school's credit card because I have a monthly subscription to like a, a social media thing I use with them. And I accidentally bought Catan over Christmas, and I had a mini panic attack. I'm like, I oh. called her. I was like, I spent six dollars. That's on, on non school related stuff. What do I do? She's like, Take it easy. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Uh, so my actual app recommendation is Kijiji, which seems a little bit, you know, <laughs> lame. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's because Brad already did this once before, and I gave my cool hip, you know, video editing one uh, since he's recycling apps uh, recommendations. So I went with Kijiji because. Uh, I'm a big yard sale guy. I love getting a sweet deal. But the problem was in the past, I always had to let my, you know, my my skills get a little dull over, you know, the winter months. But no longer. Now I have Kijiji. Uh, in fact, here's I'm going to walk you through the sweet uh, deal I scored here just recently. I uh, I traded something. I can't remember what it was. It was worth like 20, 30 bucks. I can't, some little thing. And someone said, I'll give you a paintball gun for it and a bunch of other stuff. I was like, done. And uh, but you I trade? knew. Yeah, trade, straight up trade. And uh, and I, because I'd done this once before the paintball gun and it worked out really well for me. I knew I'd have to, have to sit on it for a couple months, which I did. And then I put it on last weekend. I just thought, I'd love technology, trades, like throw something at me, that'd be fun. Like you put got, like a classified ad? Like, on like Kijiji? Balding, yeah. Balding yeah. white male interested in technology <laughs> trades. <laughs> uh, so what? So some guy was like, I have a brand new 3DS. I bought it. Played one game, beat it. I'm gonna trade you that in the game for this this you know thing I got for twenty bucks, and I was like done. Uh, and I made the trade, and it's awesome. And now Gideon and I play some Mario. And I actually the funny thing was the last time I got a paintball gun, like two two years ago, I bought it, uh, traded it for a 3ds, and then immediately traded it for a Chromebook, which I still use today, like all the time. So wow. I've I've had some pretty sweet trades. So have you have you guys? This is this is going back years ago now. But do you remember that guy that started with a paperclip and yeah, made it up to like a home? Yeah. Yep. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's Lucas. You should try and kijiji that. <gasps> I've I've had some good upgrades for sure, but I, yeah. I'm nowhere close to a home just yet. Yeah. And on someday. the kijiji, you know, I'll keep this short. Last week, I took the week off in order to stain my deck, but it rained every day, so I couldn't <laughs> stain my deck, and so I cleaned out my house. And I hate Kijiji, but I ended up putting things on Kijiji. It was the most stressful day I've had in months. Because, <laughs> why? Because Kijiji people, that's why. Because yeah. they, what does it mean when they message you and all they say is, interested? What does that even mean? Do you want it? Do you not want it? I do I have it to hold it, it for you or do I not have to hold it for you? Uh, anyway, can, I'm I'm back to never using Kijiji again. Kijipo are uh, an interesting breed of people. Kijipo. See, oh, maybe yeah. it's because they're my people, but like, <laughs> like, cause that's funny because I've run into some people who's like, I hate using Kijiji. Sometimes I'm buying something that's like, I hate Kijiji. Because I think it's because some people will just like message people, not show up or whatever. Um, and I'm never like that. I'm always super like, and people are always impressed. Like, oh, you're not a jerk. Like I wasn't murdered. You know, all these great things about you. Uh, although I do have a friend who has a fake <laughs> A fake uh, social media account and a fake uh, Kijiji account that he uses to like <laughs> bid other people up on stuff or like so he'll bid and then this other fake character will bid and all the stuff and if so and he's always selling stuff with Kijiji too and when people put in a super low ball offer like he's selling for five hundred bucks and I was like I'll give you fifty bucks for it he sends them to this location in the middle of nowhere he's like yeah I'll meet you here. <laughs> 
That's yeah, not great. That's not that's cool, man. Not cool. I've been on the other end of that before. <laughs> My goodness, it's time to go. <laughs> they, I, I, had, I had fun. Oh, I had fun too. Thank you, listeners. We hope that you had fun because if all we do is have fun and you've signed off an hour ago, we have a problem. <laughs> but thank you, listeners, for taking the last hour and change to spend it with us. Matt, Lucas, thank you for coming and joining us again. You can follow our podcast at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Oxford Holy Club or email OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com with all your questions and concerns. If you're using <laughs> uh, social media, please throw up the hashtag OHClub. And don't forget, uh, the biggest thing you can do for us is give us a five-star rating on iTunes and tell a friend about us. If you leave us a five-star rating, we'll even read it on the air. Not only that, but you can now call in the show and leave us a one-minute voice message. So click the link in the description and ask us anything, or as Lucas said, leave a comment or a concern. And unless you tell us otherwise, we'd be happy to put you on the show. So if you leave one of those messages, we'll toss it on the air. And also, if you'd like to financially support the podcast, we don't pay to advertise. So if you could maybe click the link that's in the description and make a financial contribution, that's great. If you can't, that is totally fine too. We don't do this for the money. The best thing you can do to help support us is to tell somebody about the podcast. But more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun. Bye.